0: Welcome to Outdoors Radio with Dan Small, your source for the latest hunting and fishing information. Brought to you by Lakelink, your online fishing resource at lake-link.com.
1: Outdoors Radio is also brought to you by Remy Battery, family owned and operated since 1931, serving Milwaukee along with Escanaba and Houghton, Michigan. Let's start something. RemyBattery.com. By Huntworth Gear, high-tech camelware at a price you can afford, HuntworthGear.com. And by Flow International Utility and Recreational Trailers, F-L-O-E-I-N-T-L.com. Flow Trailers, where the rubber meets the road. I'm Dan Small. Today, family camping tips, women small game hunters, and fall colors and fall fun in Florence County, so stay with us. It's time now for Madison Outdoors, presented by Pappas Trading Post, Southern Wisconsin's leading Matthews and Mission archery retailer. They are located on Highway 14 west of Arena, and on the web at pappastradingpost.com. You hear this special feature every week at this time on WTSO, the Big Ten seventy, and also any time on our podcast on Lake Link or wherever you get your podcasts. And joining us once again. Is the elusive McFarland guide, Ron Bearfield. Ron, you're kind of hard to get a hold of when you're on the river.
2: Yeah, it's, uh, getting a signal on my phone is pretty bad. It's, uh, on certain stretches, it seems like. Uh, you know, you hit dead spots all over up there, so.
1: Yeah, well, you've been fishing recently on the, the Wisconsin, so what have you seen?
2: Well, the water's been pretty high in the last week or so. It's starting to come down now. It's, uh, It's come down this week to, uh, all about 7,000, like on, on, on Wednesday, for instance, was, uh, uh, the flow rate was 7,000, but on Saturday, I believe it was, it was at 21,000. So it was, it was pretty high. And I'm not sure why it was that high. I know they got a lot of rain up north, but I didn't think it was that much rain, you know, and 21,000 is pretty high.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So how was the Uh, fishing?
2: (laughs) Now the fishing at that time was, uh, wasn't real good. I concentrated more on Lake Wisconsin because it doesn't fluctuate as much as the river itself. And, uh, but the walleye fight was fair. It was not great. It was, it was, it was, okay. We caught fish, uh, didn't get a lot of big fish, caught a lot of fish in that 13 to 16, 17 inch class. And of course a ton of sheephead and white bass. They've been going pretty good on Lake Wisconsin as well. Uh-huh. Uh, we did uh, uh, once the water's gotten down. For instance, this week I've had uh, some fly fishing guys and uh, and uh, different people fishing spinning tackle and everything else. But the, the pike, bass, and the walleyes have all been doing pretty well now that the water's coming down, and you know we can get up in the river there a little bit better. Uh, the flow has been been strong, uh, stronger than normal for this time of year, but it's uh, it doesn't seem to be affecting the fish too much. They're starting to put on that uh, fall bite uh program right now. They've uh they've the water temperature's dropped probably nine degrees in the last two weeks anyway, nine to ten degrees. It was uh seventy one on, on Wednesday and and uh which is actually getting down there pretty
1: good. Yeah. Well nice. Um so the fishing on the river should continue uh, good for the next uh, month or so?
2: I'm thinking it's going to pick up even better. It's, uh, you know, the bite this week has been pretty good there. Uh, there again with the water levels, uh, dropping down. Um, and the, the current, of course, and the flow rate's not as strong, which makes it easier to hold on places to fish. Um, I had fly guys out this week. Uh, they caught smallmouth and they actually one of them caught his first walleye on a fly. So. Uh-huh he was all excited about that, uh, that yeah. and that's good, that's what it's all about
1: yeah, ab- absolutely well, how about the Madison chain?
2: the Madison chain has been a little bit slow, I mean I've, I'm catching some pike and uh, on spinnerbaits uh, pike and, uh, and bass, the, the fish I've been getting have been actually quality fish pretty nice fish um, but uh, the numbers just aren't there right now uh, the water temperature hasn't cooled quite as much as it, as it has on the river Um of course though the lakes to be very honest with you uh, uh dan they they look worse than i think i've ever seen them uh right now the the water quality is terrible you can see a bait down about six inches oh boy. um well, yeah where three week two three weeks ago i could at least see down the, the foot and see the tops of the weeds let's say in eight nine feet of water uh you you don't see that anymore it's uh they i don't think i've ever seen them quite as bad as they are right now
1: I'll be darned. Well, uh I'm sure you know Dick Brandt, who uh, retired from DNR a number of years ago. Um, he told me um, just this week that he was fishing. He, he put in on Kiganza, and the, the downwind side of the lake had a thick mat of algae so bad that he said, I'm getting out of here. And he poked up into the uh, Yahara a little bit toward Wabisa, and he got up into Wabisa, I don't know if he motored through or if he actually, uh, you know, uh, pulled out and, and yep. went around, but he said, uh, L- Wabisa was clear. So, uh, interesting wow. how they change like that.
2: You're right. And I've fished Wabisa, uh, uh, three times this last uh, week and, and, uh, or in the last week and a half, I guess, three different
1: times, and I didn't find it that clear. Ah, <laughs> I found okay. it for you. Coming out of Babcock
2: Park there, uh, for instance, uh, where the narrows is and the buoys are, where the you no know, wake is, where you go out into the lake. Yep. Normally you can see the tops of the weeds there. You couldn't see anything there. So, I don't know. Now, I don't know what part of the lake he was on. The south end of the lake was the same way. It was just, just solid green. And, uh, and everywhere I went it looked just like Kiganza, because I've been fishing Kiganza a lot as well. And, uh, I mean the whole chain that I've noticed anyway, Monona. Uh, terrible. I did have a good bluegill bite though in deep water, 25 feet of water. Uh, even though it was, water quality didn't look good, uh, I was getting some very nice fish. Uh, bluegill wise, um, a lot of seven to eight and a half inch fish. Uh, uh, but they were in 25 feet of water and they were on the bottom. I mean, we were catching them very deep.
1: So, oh, no kidding. Yeah.
2: Um, yeah. Yeah. Just a piece of worm and You didn't need a, you didn't need to get fancy with anything. They would hit a little plastic also. Um, Getting it down there, you know I was uh you could use a drop shot rig or you could use a uh just an egg sinker above a hook, you know, and get it down there on the bottom and reel it up just a foot or so and just leave a dead stick over the side of the boat and that's how we were catching
1: them. I'll be darn. You mentioned pike before. Have you ever seen a silver pike on the Madison chain or anywhere for that matter?
2: Uh personally myself I have not, other than pictures. Um uh, but I I really have not seen any on on the Madison chain. Usually they're pretty vividly uh, marked and a darker you know a darker pattern fish. But uh, I uh, I has has anybody that you know uh, been catching some or caught well, some
1: there? Yeah, well Noah Humfeld caught one in June, and uh, and uh, the guy he was fishing with a friend of mine, Larry Michael, sent me some pictures, and I actually wrote it up for. Outdoor News, I think they're running it in this next issue uh, and I talked to both Kurt Welke John Lyons and, and uh, also Dick Brandon, none of them had ever seen one on the chain, although uh, John Lyons says they're they crop up occasionally in Wisconsin because it's a mutation so, uh, you know, if you ever see one, it's a rare fish, but it's not unheard of Wow, uh, yeah, that's uh,
2: one I've never seen myself in person um, and I've been catching a lot of pike lately. They've been very active on the weed edges uh, and and just over the tops of whatever weeds you can uh, can actually throw a bait. through uh, Swim baits, big swim baits, Oof, weedless have been working well. Um, I'm expecting Mendota to start turning on here pretty quick. It's uh, you know you're catching some. We're catching some fish out there, but that's the time of year. Usually October, November is when those fish really get going out there. The big pike and the big smallmouth. Mm-hmm. So yeah. looking forward to that.
1: And that's also bow hunting season, uh, uh you know, no. with the rut coming on. Are you going to be hunting next weekend, uh, the 18th when it opens? I,
2: I won't be hunting on the opening weekend. I usually don't hunt until, uh, about mid-October. Uh huh. Um, I, that's when I usually get, get after them. Uh, we've got, uh, four good, really good bucks on film on our cameras. Uh, we know they're there. Uh, we, my buddy was, that actually owns the farm was, Watching them in velvet, you know, out in the field in the evenings and, uh, but now they've kind of started to split up a little bit. You know, they're not in those little bachelor groups so much as they were.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, but, but and, but yeah, uh, it'll be in October. Yeah, and they'll be fighting pretty soon and, uh, rubbing all the trees. I got to get some collars on some trees I'm trying to protect here. Uh, I, I forget some years and they, they really get to them.
2: If you planted the pine trees and they'll find them, they like those little pine trees. They just tear them up.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, these are, uh, black locusts that, uh, we planted for eventual firewood. And I-, I might have two dozen of them down in a little creek bottom. And they got almost every one of them. They didn't destroy them, but they <laughs> rubbed them up pretty good, you know, and, and the bark kind of heals after a while.
2: Yeah, it will after a little while. Yeah, uh, sometimes they tear them up so bad when they're small, though, that they just tear the whole tops
1: right out of them. <laughs> oh yeah, I've seen that on pines, like you said. Well, Ron, we got to let you go. I appreciate the report and uh, good luck as the fishing continues uh, to improve through the fall, and we'll touch base again pretty soon.
2: Okay, Dan, thank you.
1: You bet, Ron Bearfield with the Madison Outdoors Report. Presented by Pappas Trading Post, Southern Wisconsin's leading Matthews and Mission archery retailer. They are located on Highway 14 west of Arena and on the web at PappasTradingPost.com. I'm Dan Small. More Outdoors Radio right after this. If you're ever in a car or motorcycle accident, call Hupie and Abraham, named Best Personal Injury Law Firm by the Wisconsin Law Journal, year after year. The firm of Hupie & Abraham has collected more than a billion dollars for its clients. In fact, they collect millions of dollars every month for hundreds of satisfied clients. Call the firm Voted Best and Rated Best, hupie & Abraham, 800-800-5678, or visit com. And by the way, all 11 offices of Hupie & Abraham in Wisconsin, Iowa, and Illinois are open for business. Well, Jeff Kelm joins me once again from his home in Wisconsin Rapids. So, Jeff, uh, how was your Labor Day weekend?
3: I was good. We went over to the Sheboygan County Fair in uh, in Sheboygan, Wisconsin, uh, my hometown area or where I was grew up and uh, went and visited my father-in-law and uh, enjoyed the, the county fair, which the kids always enjoy.
1: Oh, cool. Uh, eat any uh, stuff on a stick? One year at the state fair, you tried to uh, eat as many different <laughs> things on a stick as you could.
3: I, I I stayed away from most stick stuff. Had teeny weeny donuts, a hamburger, corn on the cob. You know, usual fair food stuff, but uh, not much for on a stick. Oh, I did have an apple on a stick. We had yeah. a, okay. my my daughter and I shared a taffy apple. So
1: okay, all right. So pretty conventional, but that's that's okay. No tummy aches. That's right. Okay. Any tournaments? You got one this weekend, right?
3: This weekend, fall Sturgeon Bay Open Tournament, uh big nationwide tournament for the guys that are still chasing those brown footballs in the Bay of Green Bay. Uh, got uh, 40-some-odd teams coming from all over the, the world, and uh going to be fun to have them there. And then uh, Cass Lake, Masters Walleye Circuit next weekend, the final regular season event of the Masters Walleye Circuit 2021 season. Looking forward to that.
1: All right. Sounds good. Well, Labor Day was pretty quiet around here. We saw a doe and a fawn in one of our pastures, and uh Ozzie went out to shoot some video just to see what they would do. You know the doe jumped the fence, but the fawn kind of ran up to it and didn't want to try. She ran around in circles for a little bit and then she scooted around the uh the corner and probably met Mom down by the creek uh but uh Good to see deer on the move, and this fawn was uh, healthy and pretty good-sized, actually, already. Good. Well, you know, most listeners hear the show on Saturday, which this week, of course, is September 11th, the 20th anniversary of the terrible 9-11 events that killed nearly 3,000 people in New York City and elsewhere. And there are memorial events and services scheduled around the country. I'm, I'm sure there are some in Wisconsin and Minnesota and there will be virtual events available as well online. So, folks, uh, I suggest you take a a minute to remember the the folks who died on that day and all the people who worked to try to uh, put New York back together after that terrible event. Well, you know, Jeff, I got a message from a friend after last week's show. He was listening to the podcast, and he said, Uh, He he said that I had mentioned that most bow hunters will likely be hunting from tree stands this year, and he pointed out that when he started 45 years ago, a lot of hunters stalk deer on the ground, and he wondered how many hunters do that today, either still hunt or stalk or hide in a blind. Uh, Now, you you hunt on the ground quite a bit, don't you?
3: Quite a bit. Um, uh, I've got my eight-year-old son with me most of the time, and we're really just not equipped to be up both up in a tree at the same time. So, uh, we feel much more comfortable on the ground. And you have know, in 40, so Dan. Could you even use an elevated platform for something like gun deer season?
1: It was legal, but the uh, the, the manufactured ones did not exist. My tree stand was a couple of. Um, pine boards nailed into a couple of spreading branches on an oak tree and they're still there i actually wrote about it for outdoor news a a year or two ago Um, but i wouldn't set a foot on those (laughs) boards today i'd be surprised if they'd support a squirrel so anyway well folks coming up vorshire chief growth officer mark mozzi comes back to offer advice for making family camping trips more fun for kids Wendy Gelhoff invites listeners to visit Florence County this fall to do all kinds of exciting things, hunting, fishing, hiking, and so on. And Rough Cross Society Communications and Marketing Director Ashley Peters encourages women to explore small game hunting as she has done. All that and more straight ahead on Outdoors Radio.
4: With colder weather coming, make sure you are prepared with proper apparel to keep you warm, dry, and comfortable. Blackfish gear is perfect for these colder and windier days. The softshell line features long, napped fleece inner linings bonded to a weather and wind-resistant shell. And new this fall is the Stormskin line that is the same great softshells that are waterproof. These pieces are great throughout the year as individual garments and for layering. Check out the complete line at blackfishgear.com.
1: Flow has made world-class recreational and utility trailers for 39 years, and the industry-leading innovations keep on coming. Choose an all-aluminum UT model or CargoMax, the only utility trailer with a molded polymer bed, integrated sides, and an engineered aluminum frame. With either one, you'll know you don't have just any old trailer. If a new trailer's on your mind, check out dot com. Flow Trailers, where the rubber meets the road. Pappas Trading Post is Southern Wisconsin's number one Matthews & Mission archery retailer. Located just west of Arena on Highway 14, they have a full-service pro shop, a 40-yard indoor range, a large selection of archery accessories, and a full assortment of Matthews apparel. Their expert staff can tune your bow for top performance. Gear up for bow season at Pappas Trading Post. Look for the two giant arrows and stop at Pappas Trading Post on Highway 14 west of Arena or visit PappasTradingPost.com. Welcome back to Outdoors Radio. I'm Dan Small. Florence County, Wisconsin, welcomes you to explore thousands of acres of county, state, and national forest lands, plus wild rivers, ATV, UTV trails, and more. And you can find out details on all these things at exploreflorencecounty.com. Joining us now with an outlook for what you can do in fall, is Wendy Gelhoff. She's director of Florence County Economic Development and has become a regular on the show. Well, Wendy, uh, fall is almost here. <laughs> Welcome back.
5: Well, great to talk to you today, Dan. Thanks.
1: You bet. Now, what can folks do this month in Florence County?
5: Well, in September, September 18th is the opener for grouse season and woodcock, so it's, we're looking forward to that season. Uh, the birds seem to have been kind of an uptick, and um, we've got some great resources for people to find good locations to hunt. Uh, with so much county and state and federal land in our little county here, we've got over 200,000 acres total. There are a lot of different opportunities. I guess the biggest... uh Opportunity is the county forest land because a lot of that is managed aspen. So there's some great areas of that young five to twenty year old aspen stand that is perfect for grouse hunting. Um, one place people can really go to to research things on the DNR website, the F F L I G H T F light they call it, yep. has a, a mapping yeah the mapping system. So it shows that five to twenty year old aspen acreage as well as the lowland brush areas for woodcock, and that that really gives you some good areas here in our county
1: yeah and um grouse numbers uh, as you say seem to be up a little bit um uh, that's that's really good um do a, yeah, we've got
4: eight
5: different eight different hunter um walker Oh ah, yeah good and those are yeah you can find those on our website um there's a um, different maps you can click into on the website or you can order them from our visitor center or if you happen to be up in the area, you can always stop by and they'll point out some of the better areas. But, yeah, there's eight different networks where they mow the trails and they usually keep those trails seeded with alfalfa and other um, stuff that the birds and, and deer, too, like to eat. But, yeah, those are great opportunities for places to hunt.
1: Uh, absolutely. And they're easy walking, especially early in the fall when the foliage is still pretty... Uh, heavy and the cover's thick.
5: Yeah, good point. Great. Right.
1: Yeah. Well, uh, what else you got going on there?
5: Well, we're always excited about our ATV trails and this time of year and things are cooling off a little. It, it makes for a great ride. We've got 160 miles of trails. Um, our trail org is the website for our trail group. But they always keep the trails so well maintained. Um, also kind of unique, we've got a 17 acre off trail ATV park where you can play in the hills and sand dunes and mud puddles and that's right along trail number two um, just uh, across Fisher Lake in downtown Florence so it's real accessible um, and we're pretty excited we've got um, really five different campgrounds that are totally accessible uh, by ATV, UTV and, and friendly for those folks so we've got two private ones camping in the clouds and then Ty's Lake Campground as well is accessible um, and welcomes ATVers. And then as far as county campgrounds, we've got Lake Emily, West Bass Lake, and then kind of unique, we've got Morgan Lake out in the Nicolay National Forest. Nicolay, usually the National Forest folks don't, aren't real big on ATVs, but they did set up that one campground where you've got access there out in the Nicolay. So that's that's pretty awesome. And then, of course, our trails connect to some of the counties around us real well and then into Michigan. So this is a, a prime area if folks want to take weekend-long type trips as well.
1: Uh-huh. And I'm glad you mentioned there's a special area where people can uh, get in the mud and tear things up a little bit because that's uh, something you don't want to do on the uh, organized trails.
5: Right, that's really important to keep uh, our, our rights for access because some of the trails go through private lands and, and folks really get upset if people go off the trails. So, yeah, very important so you aren't disrespecting whether it's private land or public land for that matter because the erosion it can cause isn't helpful on the public lands either. Um, and, yeah, we've got a couple three different waterfalls you can get to by ATV as well that are right on the trail, so that's pretty handy.
1: Yeah, and now you mentioned a riders group. Can you give us that website again?
5: Yes, our local group that handles both um, ATV, UTV, as well as the snowmobile trails in the winter, they cover the entire county. It's BlueOxTrailRiders.org, and they're super helpful and got a good website.
1: Okay, Blue Ox like Paul Bunyan's uh babe, right? That's
5: right. That's right, Dan.
1: Yeah, okay. Well, it's um, almost fall, and I imagine you're starting to see some fall colors, aren't you?
5: We are, yeah. Just a few of those little red maples are starting some of the smaller trees or branches on bigger trees. But I would say in the next week or so, there will be a few more. So it's always changing, as you know. But it makes for some great uh, fall color rides, whether it's by ATV-UTV or just by car. But um, Rustic Road number 74 out in the Nicolay National Forest is 32 miles that goes right through that area out in the fence. Um, that's a beautiful drive. And you wouldn't want to miss driving to the top of Kai's Peak. That's the highest point in our county and top of our ski hill. Um, that's got a great view, a beautiful vista looking over Kai's Lake. People take photos up there quite a bit. And then, of course, the waterfalls get extra pretty, I, I think, anyway, with the fall colors. So that's something I always, I always try to get out and do.
1: Yeah, and speaking of water, uh the fishing is still pretty good in the fall, isn't it?
5: Yeah, I think um musky fishing particularly seems to pick up on and walleye fishing as well. uh we've got a number of different flowages. I don't know if people are aware of them, but uh Twin Falls flowage is um five hundred and seventy acres, the Pearl River flowage is three hundred acres and the Kingsford flowage is four hundred and ninety one acres. And those three um river systems with their backed up flowages have, are really good for musky. Um they, people uh pull out fifty inch musky out of those locations and then we've got a couple good locations for walleye as well as you know panfish and, and even trout fishing this time of year is, is pretty good with all our streams and rivers so it's a good time to get out and enjoy that
1: absolutely now you mentioned a um a place right there in town where people can get information the visitor center and i understand the dnr office is uh, also part of the same building right
5: Yeah, that's an awesome building because it's a one-stop shop. We've got uh, our County Forestry and Parks folks are there. The Visitor Center is there with the gift shop. The DNR folks are there, so if they're in the office, you can ask them questions. And then also our National Forest Offices, the U.S. Forest Service is in that building as well. So it's pretty much a one-stop shop for any information related to Florence County.
1: Well, Wendy, thank you so much for an overview of uh, what folks can expect if they travel to Florence County this month. And uh, we plan to talk to you uh, probably in early October to see how things are going and uh, maybe get another report.
5: That would be great, Dan. Yep, exploreflorencecounty.com. We've got a lodging guide, dining guide, and a recreation guide on there as well. So, And our visitor center is located at the intersection of U.S. Highway 2 and Highway 70.
1: All right. Well, thank you so much, and we'll talk to you soon.
5: All right. Thanks so much, Dan. Take care.
1: You bet. Wendy Gelhoff is Director of Florence County Economic Development. As she mentioned, you can learn more about all the things we talked about at ExploreFlorenceCounty.com. I'm Dan Small. More Outdoors Radio right after this.
0: Listen to more Outdoors Radio online at DansmallOutdoors.com. Welcome back to Outdoors Radio with Dan Small.
1: Thanks for joining us on Outdoors Radio. I'm Dan Small. And last week we spoke with two gentlemen from a company that makes quality off road camping trailers. Vorsheer is the name of the company. Their website is V O R S H E E R Shop. Dot com. It's vorshearshop.com. We talked with Steve McLeod, the owner and founder of Vorshear, and Mark Mosey, who is the chief growth officer. And Mark is joining us again now this week to talk about some of the things we just didn't have time to get into last week. Mark, thanks for uh, taking more time to uh, spend it with our listeners.
6: You bet, Dan. Happy to be back with you.
1: Well, um, you and I have talked uh, off uh, off air, and I know that you have a PhD in marriage and family therapy and systems theory as well. Um, how does that work into your role as uh, chief growth officer for Vorsheer?
6: It's an interesting path, but uh, the short version is I, you know, I was a practicing therapist for 15 years, uh, but my background in systems theory actually provided me with some really useful tools for a growing company mm-hmm. uh, and I had some conversations and, and it turns out that uh, a lot of the things that I bring to the table were just a good fit for where the company's at and uh, asked if I would join the team and bring those skills to the, to the table and so we've, uh, we've done that and we've been enjoying the journey and uh, figuring out how to make things work and, and uh, of course grow the company uh, as well as keep it fun and, and not lose sight of our focus, uh, that we care about families and we want families to be able to enjoy nature.
1: Yep, and we talked uh, last week briefly about the message that you uh, gave me a couple of weeks ago um, about making sure people enjoy nature to the fullest and, and get outside. And this past weekend, uh, I know a lot of our listeners and people all over the country were camping, maybe some of them for the first time, And I'll bet that there were a lot of kids who had taken their uh, iPads or their iPhones along and wanted to spend more time inside the camper than out. And that kind of defeats the purpose of going camping, doesn't it?
6: That's right. That's right. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with having a nice camper and, and using it to get outdoors. But if you spend your whole time in the camper, you know, on an iPad or watching the big screen TV, it's not very different than being at home. Uh, nature offers really, really good energy for mm-hmm. kids. Um, in fact, there's, there's an old saying that if you're at home and your kids are bouncing off the walls, take them out where there are no walls. Mm-hmm. Um, and nature can provide that. Uh,
1: Absol- and, uh, absolutely. Um, and, and, uh, you've got some, uh, some tips for folks who, maybe didn't have the greatest experience last weekend but are gonna try camping again before the season ends. What what tips have you got to share?
6: Yeah, well well firstly I would say try again. Don't give up. <laughs> yeah. you know, really if you think about it, Dan, all of us have been kids. Mm-hmm. You know, and we're all still kids at heart. And we love things that are fun and we love things that are exciting. And If you give kids just a little bit of direction in nature and let nature do the teaching, it'll take care of itself. It doesn't have to be very structured for those parents, particularly those moms that are kind of tired and worn out. Uh, this is a chance to let go Mm -hmm. and let nature teach her. Obviously providing a little bit of structure for for safety, but you know, nature is relatively safe. Uh, Playing in the stream, for example, doesn't require really any oversights, you can just watch them and let them explore and feel the rocks and feel the sand.
1: Yep. Um, Okay, so um, if we, uh, of course, uh, kids have to be of a certain age to be allowed to, you know, explore on their own or even with parent supervision, but um, what about more structured activities without getting into the rules of a game and putting up a net and all that good stuff?
6: Yeah, yeah, let's talk about a couple. Uh, if you really want kids to enjoy nature, there's a really simple activity. It costs almost nothing, and it's really fun for them. And you just get a nature journal put together. Now, this is a little bit different than, than a writing journal. It's actually just blank pages, probably pages without lines. You can just get plain paper and staple it together. That's fine. And give them some crayons. And you know how you do a a rubbing activity where you place the paper on a surface and then you rub it with a crayon and it transfers that surface to the paper? Sure. Well, that's really what a nature germ.
1: Okay. I think I lost you there. Are you there still?
2: Yeah, can you hear me?
1: Uh, Yeah, so why don't you pick it up and say that's really what a nature journal is.
6: So this is really what a nature journal is. It's just a book that allows kids to do those texture transfers onto a page by rubbing it like with a crayon or a piece of chalk. And that is what the contents of the journal become.
1: Uh-huh. Okay. okay that's
6: the first part. Now, there's a really really kind of a fun second part that involves parents now, and that's sitting down with them and letting them tell you what they just did. Uh Ah. And it's just where, as a parent, you get to let go and you just restate. When they tell you about it, you say, oh, so you made this by rubbing it on that bark over there. Oh, and you made this by rubbing it on that rock over there. And you just let them know that you see what they did. That's all you have to do.
1: Uh Uh-huh. And I suppose uh, for kids who have show and tell back in the classroom when they get into school, it gives them something to, uh, to literally show rather than just uh, talk about their great summer vacation.
6: Absolutely. Yeah, it becomes a, a kind of a treasure for them. It, it's the way that they remember the camping trip.
1: Cool. Any other tips?
6: Well, you know, maybe for the older kids, something that can also be really fun is you you, uh, set up a scavenger hunt. Okay. Now as parents, this gets really fun, you know, and you, you map it out. Again, it doesn't have to be expensive. Use paper plates, you know, set up eight different points and little clues or tricks to get to the next place and, and then have them collect something at that spot. Uh, you know, gather three rocks mm-hmm. and you can give them on a paper sack to gather their treasures. So, you know, you gather three rocks at this station. And then 50 steps to the north, and maybe they're using a compass for this, and they get to learn to use a compass, uh, and that can be really fun. Mm-hmm. So you just have a scavenger hunt, and then this is a great way for kids and parents to interact and parents to feel like they're, they're participating with their kids, their kids appreciate their parents doing this for them, and it, it creates some bonding opportunities that you don't always get at home when everybody's busy kind of doing their own thing and in different corners of the house.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's sort of a low-tech geocaching, uh, too, without, uh, you know, w- without, uh, waypoints and all that, which is good. That's right.
6: That's right. Yeah. And, and while you're at it, you know, these are daytime activities. You don't forget to bring a telescope or a pair of binoculars and just lay under the stars together mm-hmm. and look for shooting stars. Uh, you don't need a telescope or binoculars for that or, or use the the magnification to to look at the different constellations and talk about them together. You don't have to know everything about it. Just find something that looks fun and and point it out to them, and they find something and they point it out to you.
1: Mm -hmm. Um,
6: The together part is what's important.
1: Mm -hmm. Uh, And here in Wisconsin, at least in the northern part of the state, and um, in northern Minnesota and Michigan as well, and... Maybe out west, I don't know. Uh We have something called the Northern Lights, Aurora Borealis. Uh, do, do you ever see those out where you are there?
6: Well, we have a, a slightly different version of that, and I understand that's just
1: beautiful. So oh, it's gorgeous.
6: Yeah. Your area, yeah, 100%. And, and back to the journal, now you, you're not going to do a, a texture transfer with, with those Northern Lights, but no. you could draw them.
1: No. Yeah, okay. You
6: could give the kids some some crayons or watercolors and let them paint what they saw in the sky. Mm -hmm. That would be a really fun activity to add to their journal.
1: Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, this has been very interesting, and I I hope our listeners who went camping last weekend uh, aren't kicking themselves for not doing these things if they had some rough times. But uh, we've got a lot of uh, uh, parks and... Uh, nature trails and fishing opportunities, so I'm I'm betting most of our campers really don't have too much trouble having a good time out uh, out in nature. But thanks so much for sharing a few more ideas.
6: You bet, Dan. It's always good to be with you.
1: All right, Mark Mossey is the chief growth officer for Vorsheer, a company that makes quality off-road camping trailers. You can find their website, uh find uh, information about the trailers. At VorsheerShop.com, V-O-R-S-H-E-E-R Shop.com, and we are waiting uh, uh, very impatiently to learn about maybe a dealership in our area. And when we find that out, we'll let you know. I'm Dan Small. You are listening to Outdoors Radio
7: for the nonprofit Ruffed Grouse Society. The well-being of the ruffed grouse and American woodcock is a special priority. But the Society's conservation work benefits more than just these two game birds. The organization's programs help a long list of other young forest wildlife, including songbirds that must have thick, brushy habitat to survive. For more information about Forest Wildlife Habitat Management, contact the Rough Grouse Society toll-free at 888-JOIN-RGS.
3: Here's a message from our friends at Remy Battery in Milwaukee, Escanaba, and Houghton. As Remy Battery enters the 90th anniversary of our company, we want to thank all of our customers and friends we have made over the years. Thank you for your continued support to our local, family-owned company. We invite you to our newly remodeled Milwaukee retail store on the corner of 43rd Street and Lincoln Avenue. We have batteries from the largest military crafts to the smallest hearing aids. Big and small, we have them all. Stop in for a free battery and electrical check before you hit the road, trails, or the waters. Don't forget to ask your sales representatives about volume pricing. Call Remy at 414-384-0340 or visit online at remybattery.com
1: for all your battery and battery accessory needs. Enjoy the ultimate shooting experience at the Range of Richfield, your one-stop shop for all shooters. Pappas Trading Post is Southern Wisconsin's number one Matthews & Mission archery retailer. Located just west of Arena on Highway 14, they have a full-service pro shop, a 40-yard indoor range, a large selection of archery accessories, and a full assortment of Matthews apparel. Their expert staff can tune your bow for top performance. Gear up for bow season at Pappas Trading Post. Look for the two giant arrows and stop at Pappas Trading Post on Highway 14 west of Arena or visit PappasTradingPost.com.
4: Get outside and let us be your guide. Florence County, Wisconsin.
7: Are you looking for a safe
5: Northwoods destination for outdoor recreation? Florence County has over 200,000 acres of uncrowded public land with 160 miles of wooded ATV trails, many lakes and rivers to fish or paddle, seven wild river waterfalls to hike to, horse trails with campgrounds, and friendly bars and restaurants. Go to the exploreflorencecounty.com lodging, dining, and recreation tabs to
4: plan your trip.
0: Welcome back to your source for the latest hunting and fishing information. Outdoors Radio with Dan Small.
1: Thanks for joining us on Outdoors Radio. I'm Dan Small. The Rough Grouse and American Woodcock Societies are celebrating 60 years of habitat improvement for grouse, woodcock, and other young forest wildlife. You can learn more... Or you can join the societies at org. And joining us now from somewhere in Minnesota is Ashley Peters, Director of Communications and Marketing for RGS and uh, AWS. Ashley, welcome.
8: Hi, Dan. Thanks for having me.
1: Yeah, I forgot to ask you, where in Minnesota are you located?
8: I'm based out of Maple Grove, so kind of the northwest corner of the Twin Cities. Oh,
1: yeah. Okay. Well, we've got... Uh, one minnesota station now and we're picking up another one um next week so uh, you will have some more minnesota listeners hearing this i I know some folks do uh hear us on the eau claire station and our lacrosse station because they're close to the river but uh anyway i'm glad you have time to talk to us now uh just because you happen to work for rough grouse society one shouldn't automatically assume you're a hunter but you are aren't you
8: I am, yes. Uh, A newer hunter at that, but quite enthusiastic. So hopefully my passion (laughs) makes up for uh, the years I missed in my 20s when I wasn't hunting.
1: Yeah, okay. Well, how did you get started?
8: Sure, yeah. I got started um, back in 2016. I met a few people at a recruitment, retention, and reactivation conference. Um, and got to know some ladies who were also interested in learning how to specifically upland hunt. Um, and so we ended up trap shooting together that whole summer. And uh, when fall came, I was very comfortable with a gun. Um, I hadn't done before. I hadn't owned a gun uh, previously. So that was really helpful, and then um, going into the season, it was just really important to have a group of folks that I felt really comfortable with um, and felt like I could really trust them um, and got out in the field and got to see what it's all about with the dogs and being outdoors in the fall. Um, Of course, that can either mean... Bug spray and sunscreen or it can mean uh you know hand warmers and <laughs> and winter coats depending on the day but um really there's something for everybody in upland hunting and so i certainly found a home there and was so excited about it that uh, a year ago i applied to work for the rough Grouse society yeah and now i'm the communications director
1: yeah and you mentioned a couple of keywords there um Comfortable is the one that sticks in my mind um, as a person who came to hunting as an adult uh you didn't grow up with the culture of hunting that so many uh, at least so many men do you know a lot of boys uh, uh when I was growing up in rural America, everybody hunted, but uh, that's not sure. true anymore, and I think it's uh, uh it's important for any any hunter to feel comfortable with the sport and the uh, the gun and the terrain and the people he or she is hunting with, but it's probably more important for women, don't you think?
8: Yeah, definitely. And, you know, something that I had a bit of an advantage coming into it, um, being very comfortable outdoors. Um, for a couple of years after I got out of college, um, I worked for like the Forest Service and Bureau of Land Management between Alaska and northern Minnesota, um, doing various, you know, kinds of work, but I was often hauling a chainsaw in one hand and gas in the other hand, um, and hiking through rough terrain. So, <laughs> um, grouse and woodcock hunting in particular, uh, feels very familiar to me because, um, I had that experience, but of course, um, when you're hiking through the woods with a gun and keep an eye on dogs and the folks that you're with and, um, trying not to trip over things, um, it's a, it's a, it's a bit distant, so um, certainly getting used to uh, the gun was probably the biggest, um, the biggest hurdle for me in the beginning, which is why practicing trap shooting the summer before my first hunting season was so important for me in particular.
1: Uh huh. And do you still uh, shoot clay birds?
8: I do. Yeah, uh, I was part of a league this summer and. Um, I don't know if i got better <laughs> <laughs> but I certainly got a lot of practice.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, okay. Well, you mentioned hunting with a, a group of ladies um who have similar interests and I understand you've got kind of a tradition already and a grouse camp that you do with these uh, with these other ladies. Yeah.
8: Um we affectionately refer to it as grouseness ah. kind of like Christmas for okay. grouse hunters. Yeah, <laughs> um, And it's really, you know, if you think about what deer camp is in a lot of people's minds, very similar concepts. So um, we plan all year for this, and it always happens on grouse opener or the week of. Um, and we really just, you know, we know that opener is typically not maybe the height of hunting, uh, especially for grouse woodcock in the fall. Um, Still a lot of leaves on the trees, right, a lot of bugs. Um, often can be very warm. Um, But we recognize it as a chance to get out there, to shake off the dust, um, you know, get the dogs out for a run, um, kind of get just get excited for the season, um, have some good food, hang out, um, stuff like that. So it's really something we look forward to all year. And I think these kind of traditions – Um, especially if new hunters can get in with a group or even just another person and develop some of these traditions um, and some of these things to really look forward to, Um, it can really add to the excitement of fall arriving Mm -hmm. and feeling like this is part of your year um, and just knowing already what's um, a few things that are going to happen in the fall and how to participate in those things.
1: Yeah, it's nice to have something like this to look forward to uh, each year. Now, you you move it around, don't you? You don't just hunt there in Minnesota.
8: Correct, yes. Uh, every year we look for a place that we're uh, maybe new to or that we haven't been before. Um, and so this year we're headed to the UP. Um, but, yeah, between Minnesota, Wisconsin, and Michigan, um, so a little bit of a drive to get anywhere else, but... Uh, between those three states, that
1: we physically look at what's going to make the most of and you know, of course, you live in Minnesota, and those three states are the top grouse states for uh, numbers of birds, habitat and uh, and numbers of hunters uh, as well I think right yep so um, so you came to hunting a few years ago. I'm sure you've got some suggestions for other uh, people maybe especially women who are thinking about hunting or whose uh, significant other would like to take them um, or, or they'd like to ask to, to go? Uh, what advice yeah. do you have?
8: Yeah, um, well a few things uh, first of all, take it at your own speed. Um, I have some friends who still haven't decided whether or not totally they want to get into hunting, but they've actually started cooking wild game Uh And that's one way that they can kind of think about if it's something they want to do and how it fits into their lives. Um, And a lot of people really enjoy that cooking aspect. And so if you can get excited about the food, usually that's that's a pretty good motivator to get into the field. Um, And so that's one thing, is just knowing about wild game. Um, I would also encourage people to get out to events. Um, You know, there's a lot of, like, the Rough Grouse Society has chapters that have banquets and shoots all year long. Um, and Those are a really great way to just meet other people within the community. Um, National Wild Turkey Federation has our three events, um, and there's a lot of different opportunities. And I would just say st- start going to some events and try to meet some folks because um, that's really how I got into it was meeting people I really liked wanting to feel comfortable in the field with a group um, and just having of a team, really, to um, to text and to call whenever I had questions about what gun should I buy, what kind of ammunition do they buy, um, where should I go, what maps should I look at. There's, there's a lot of questions that come with starting. Um, but I would say a, a big piece of it is just meeting people that you like, that you can feel really comfortable with, and often that happens by going to events. Um, but uh, one thing that folks can do right now, even if there isn't an event coming up, there are a lot of forums online. Some of them are on Facebook. Um, there's an app called Try Upland. Um, so there's a lot of different ways online to tap into the knowledge and the conversations that are already happening, especially right now as people are gearing up through the season.
1: Uh huh. So hunters who uh, are already experienced hunters but haven't tried grouse and woodcock hunting, there there are forums for that.
8: Yeah, absolutely. And there's a Wisconsin Grouse and Woodcock Hunters page. Um, so I'd encourage I would encourage folks to take a look at that and um, just read through. You know, there's a lot of really knowledgeable folks who chat there. Um, there's also forums for Minnesota and. Michigan, um, and I pay attention to a lot of those because, um, there's a lot of good conversation about, you know, what folks are seeing out in the field. Like there was a lot of conversation this summer about how many brood people were seeing as they were out and about. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's always really interesting insight, even if you are a current grass and woodcock hunter. Um, but also there's, you know, there's often conversation about what, what are the best boots you know um what if people found that really worked? um what kind of uh, brush pants do you buy that sort of thing and especially for new hunters those conversations um kind of the basics of getting started are really really helpful
1: uh-huh well ashley we've got to wrap this up but i appreciate you taking time to uh, share your experience with us and maybe um Your, uh, you know, your time in the woods and and your enthusiasm will encourage some other listeners uh, who haven't tried grouse and woodcock hunting or hunting at all to get into it.
8: Thanks, Dan. Yeah, I certainly hope so. i really appreciate you having me on.
1: You bet. Well, good luck this fall, and uh, we'll keep in touch.
8: Thank you. Same to you.
1: All right. Ashley Peters is Director of Communications and Marketing for the Rough Grouse and American Woodcock Societies, and the societies are celebrating 60 years of habitat improvement for grouse, woodcock, and other young forest wildlife. And their website is roughgrousesociety.org. I'm Dan Small. You are listening to Outdoors Radio.
4: With colder weather coming, make sure you are prepared with proper apparel to keep you warm, dry, and comfortable. Blackfish gear is perfect for these colder and windier days. The softshell line features long, napped fleece inner linings bonded to a weather and wind-resistant shell. And new this fall is the Stormskin line that is the same great softshells that are waterproof. These pieces are great throughout the year as individual garments and for layering. Check out the complete line at blackfishgear.com.
1: Flow has made world-class recreational and utility trailers for 39 years, and the industry-leading innovations keep on coming. Choose an all-aluminum UT model or CargoMax, the only utility trailer with a molded polymer bed, integrated sides, and an engineered aluminum frame. With either one, you'll know you don't have just any old trailer. If a new trailer's on your mind, check out floeintl.com. com. Flow Trailers, where the rubber meets the road.
7: RGS.
4: Get outside and let us be your guide. Florence County, Wisconsin.
7: Are you looking for a safe
5: Northwoods destination for outdoor recreation? Florence County has over 200,000 acres of uncrowded public land with 160 miles of wooded ATV trails, many lakes and rivers to fish or paddle, seven wild river waterfalls to hike to, horse trails with campgrounds, and friendly bars and restaurants. Go to the ExploreFlorenceCounty.com lodging, dining, and recreation tabs
0: to plan your trip. Welcome back to Outdoors Radio with Dan Small.
3: Outdoors Radio is brought to you by Cedar Lake Sales on Highway 33 West in West Bend on the web at cedarlakesales.com. And check out Cedar Lake Sales' website or Facebook page for updates and details. And they've got your new and used boats in stock as well as... uh, some 2022 models. They're uh, fresh off the showroom floor, onto the showroom floor, I suppose. Uh, they're also taking reservations for indoor storage. Stop by and visit them online. We're also brought to you by Remy Battery, family-owned and operated since 1931, serving Milwaukee, Escanaba, and Houghton. Let's uh, start something, huh? It's going to be a lot of fun at remybattery.com. By Huntworth Gear, high-tech camo wear at a price you can afford, huntworthgear.com. And by Flow International Utility and Recreational Trailers, flowintl.com. Flow Trailers,
1: where the rubber meets the road. Indeed, and if you happen to miss an episode of Outdoor Wisconsin, you can watch any one of our shows from the past several seasons at milwaukeepbs.org. They're actually playing uh, season number 29 now, which is, uh, I've lost track of the years, but it's uh, five or six years old. There's some segments you and I did and some from... Dem Judy Nugent, uh, and some retros as well. It's a lot of, uh, a lot of fun looking at those old shows. And if you happen to miss Deerhunt Wisconsin 2020, you can watch it online on the Deerhunt Wisconsin YouTube channel.
3: If you missed anything on today's radio show, you can listen to us online all the time. Go to lake-link.com, go to the outdoor radio page. You can download this show and past shows up to about a year. You can follow Dan throughout the week at Dan Small Outdoors. You can follow me at Hardwater Jeff.
1: And for new listeners uh, around the Upper Midwest, you can actually subscribe to our podcast on LakeLink. So if you happen to miss a show and want to get it sent to your mobile device, uh, you will get a ping every time we post a show. And that's usually a day or two before it airs on the weekend. So uh, check that out as well. Several items from the DNR this week. DNR is encouraging hunters to have their deer tested for CWD. We've been hearing that for the last, gosh, 10 years at least. And there are details on CWD, uh, sampling stations and other information on the DNR website. Obviously the keyword, CWD. And there's a form in your go wild harvest history that makes entering your info easy. And they're encouraging folks in 17 counties, <clears throat> counties in the Northeast District, to have their deer tested this year and if you want to help other hunters get deer tested maybe you or your organization would like to adopt a kiosk or sponsor a dumpster there's a DNR cost sharing program available to help defray costs that also is on the DNR website Uh, let's see we'll save this one for next week I think that's an interesting story about uh, what's in landfills I'll uh, let you guess next week what the largest percentage of items in landfills might be. And we'll tell you what it is next week. Our theme music is by Warren Nelson. You can hear more of his tunes. Warren is a native of southeast Minnesota. And uh, he lives now in Washburn, Wisconsin. He's been there for about 40 years. You can hear more of his tunes at Warren Nelson com. You can buy his CD, Anglin, Wayne, and the Trollers, featuring our two theme songs, You Get a Line and Trolling Home to You. I'm Dan Small here with Jeff Kelm. Have a safe weekend and get outside. And Be sure to join us again next week for Outdoors Radio.
0: You've been listening to Outdoors Radio, your source for the latest hunting and fishing information. Find more Outdoors Radio online at dansmalloutdoors.com. Brought to you by LakeLink your online fishing resource at lake-link.com
2: When my wrist gets a little chilly on the gunnel When my lazy eye is just too lazy to lure When the worms go dry In the coffee can, honey I'll be trolling